Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wisdom's Echo. This is a daily podcast brought to you exclusively by Origin Gate. My name is Elijah Ward, and I'm really excited to share with you today um, some things that have been on my heart. You know, I'm so thankful that that I have an opportunity as a son to pursue Yahweh in each moment and every day. There's a joy that comes with the just ever-increasing or ever-unfolding revelation of who He is, not even just to me, but to mankind, to our species, who He is as a Father, what He has done, and the treasure that He has hidden inside of Himself that, um, that never there's no end to the increase of the understanding of who he is. And I just love how in every day when I choose to pursue and I set my heart to engage, I will discover. I will uncover new aspects of who he is. I will encounter him in new ways. Um, this is just such a blessing to me I, that that we have the the ability to pursue. But, you know, something that that has been carrying so much more weight even than that, than, um, than this revelation of the significance of pursuit on, um, you know, on my part, is that before I ever made a decision to pursue him, he pursued me. And I think that that revelation takes a lot of effort um, out of the equation. And, and, it, and it, it really prevents you from falling subject to a um, a merit-based grace or a merit-based reward system that um, that this religious system tries to kind of put on our on our lives it, that almost treats Yahweh like he's a, a cosmic vending machine like if you do this and if you do that you'll get this but the truth is that I did nothing to earn this you know there's there's no we as humans have no seat to arrogantly occupy the greatness that we embody as sons of Yahweh. It was a complete gift. And I, you know, I love that, um, what this con, what this concept has given me is this understanding that I am pursued by God first. And because of that, I can now pursue God. And so it's a really beautiful picture of communion, but I want to share with you a scripture that's been on my heart. Um, that really does a great job of telling the story and that Yahweh has been using you kind of give me some more perspective on this, this whole communion of pursuit and this communion of throneship that, that I would be enthroned in him and that he would be enthroned in me. Um, and this scripture I want to read to you is, uh, it's literally two verses, really brief, but it's in Matthew 13, starting in verse 44. Yeshua is speaking in parables to reveal to um, crowds of people the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Because at this time, the kingdom of heaven was was skewed by the belief systems of that day. Now, I heard Apostle Damon Thompson um, one time at a conference, he was sharing about how that that time frame in, in Jewish culture was very permeated by Greek influence, very permeated by philosophical Greek thought. And one of those things was a Platonic philosophy of heaven, which was the fact that these people believed, due to the influence of Plato 
and his teachings that heaven was a place for your disembodied soul to transcend into after you pass through a gateway of death. But Yeshua was coming and he was addressing the issue of the mind and the way that we think about heaven um, because it was so... Um, it was so skewed by this, this, this school of thought. And that's why, you know, a lot of people have taught that when he came and he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the word in scripture used there is metanoia, which is a metamorphosis that takes place in your thinking. So instead of saying, repent, fall on your face and beg, you know, and, and beg for mercy and say, you're sorry. That's really, the word just means to transform the way that you think about this because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he's teaching about the kingdom of heaven. And in verse 44, he says this, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And that's the end of that parable. That is the entire parable. It's two verses. But, you know, when I first learned about this, um, it, you know, was, it, was, it was kind of taught to me like this, that in this parable that says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field, I was taught that, um, and it's a really beautiful way to teach this, is that that treasure in the field is mankind. It's me. And that the man who was willing upon finding that treasure and seeing the value that's been placed in that treasure, even despite the fact that it was surrounded, that it was buried in a field, um, that that man is Yeshua himself, that he would see so much value in me, the, the, in, in knowing the purpose for which I was created, that he would see so much value that he would be willing to purchase an entire field just knowing that he had a chance at discovering the deepest places of who I am in him. And, you know, I think that's a beautiful revelation of this passage, but, um, you know, Yahweh has been flipping it and been asking me a question. As I've been engaging this passage and really meditating on the beauty of the fact that he pursued me um, and, and that, that he saw me as a treasure in a field worthy of pursuing, despite the fact that I was buried in a world that was marked by dirt and just junk, <laughs> um, there's another way you can look at it. And it's this, it's that the so scripture says that the kingdom of heaven is like treasure in the field. And so when you take that and apply it in that sense, it's that Yahweh is the treasure in the field and that the man who found it and in his joy in discovering this treasure would sell everything he had to purchase the whole field at a, just to have a chance at discovering and, and, and walking into the revelation of this treasure or even walking in relationship with this treasure, that that man is me that I would be willing to return back a measure of pursuit that is equivalent to the way that he pursued me by giving everything he had, laying it all down and leaving nothing on the table to ensure that there was a chance at possessing the treasure. Um, and, you know, this has been blessing me. This, you know, I've been just been meditating on each side of this revelation of pursuit that, um, that, you know, that, that I would give him my whole heart 
every day and in each moment so that I could return back to him a glory that measures up to the way that he pursued me. And that's just powerful. And you know, I love in Psalm 139 um, how there's this, you know, there's this revelation of this preeminence of Yahweh that um, is so powerful and so divine that he would see us and he would know us and he would um, form us before we ever had the ability to look back at him and, and before we ever had the ability to return his gaze and before we ever had the ability to bless him, that he would be blessed by us, that he would see us and that he would form us and that he would have a special dream for us. And, and in the and being inspired by that special dream, um, the scripture in Psalm one thirty nine actually says that that he would begin to intricately weave us together in the depths of the earth and at the foundation of the world that we would be formed and fashioned fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, you know, even in the beginning of the book of Jeremiah, we see that a similar concept that before. You know, before we ever even entered our mother's womb, he knew us. And that's just such a beautiful thing to understand and that, that we would be pursued by him. But, but I'm, feeling, I'm feeling it drive me into a deeper pursuit, that it's giving me this desire to want to return back a measure of pursuit that, that would bless him. And so from here, we can really look at the, the ministry of Yeshua um, as it's put on display in the Gospels um, and see the, you know, the, the, the relentless nature of his pursuit. And you know, we see him go from city to city. We see him travel. We see him teach in synagogues. We see him teach to crowds on, on, a, on a mountainside. We, we see him meeting individuals at a well. And, 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 um, and teaching the kingdom of heaven, trying to reveal the nature of Yahweh's heart, doing everything he can with every moment that he has to build a relationship with people that he would call disciples, which means learners. And, and, and so we see in his, in his ministry a very um, adamant um, marriage to this concept of pursuit um, that gives us a, a great framework for what we need in order to understand how we can pursue him. And it really never has to become a struggle um, for us to pursue him. But I do believe that as we, as we really gain a deepening understanding of his, the extent of his pursuit of us, that it moves us to desire um, a pursuit that is on that same level. Now, um, you know, there's actually a record of our involvement in his pursuit of us that I find to be really interesting. I actually had a, um, I've been really seeing a lot as it relates to um, Yeshua's Tav. And so um, by that, I mean Yeshua's cross. And I've been seeing him a lot lately as I engage carrying his cross up the hill called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And so I'm seeing him in this moment give everything that he has in order to secure the finish that would marry together the entire timeline and really reconcile the entire human race back into the heart and the womb of who Yahweh is. Um, but there's a record of our involvement 
in his pursuit of us. And I love that. Um, there's a uh, there's a part in the story when Yeshua is being forced to carry his own cross to the place of the crucifixion when he can no longer carry it. And in that part of the story, they include um, a, a complete stranger and bring him into the picture in order to take up the cross and carry it up this hill to where Yeshua would be crucified on it. And as I began meditating on this this passage, I, I really realized that in that moment, there was a choice that was made. It was a very strategic decision made by Yeshua to involve a to involve mankind in the pursuit of the finished work of Yahweh. Um, he didn't ha- I, I don't believe he had to. I believe that there was a decision. There was a choice that was made. He wanted to include humanity and on record as being a key involvement in the finished work of Christ. And so now we have a record of being forever included in that. And, um, and you know, I just think that that's such a beautiful thing that, you know, it's just another example of how far he went to pursue us and how much of an example that was for how we can pursue him, how we can lay it all down and how we can engage ourselves with, um, in the spirit of our mind with everything that he is, everything he's made available to us, and really draw from that energy, draw from that strength of who he is by knowing that there was, there was nothing that he, um, there was nothing that he went through that he didn't actually, where he wasn't able to sympathize with human weakness and understand the difficulty of pursuit, but that he would choose to pursue anyway through all of that. And, and to continue setting a um, setting an example on display for us so that we could really understand what it means to pursue Yahweh and to pursue the the completion and the fulfillment of everything that he dreamed about when he spoke us into existence. So this these are some thoughts that that I've been having, some things I've been engaging as I really wrap my mind and my heart around the mystery and the blessing and the beauty of pursuit. And so I pray that this message blesses you today, that it gives you some things to chew on, to take with you, to use as fuel for your engagement as we all join hands and link arms and set our hearts to continually pursue all that he is every day and in each moment. So I will uh, look forward to sharing again soon in the next podcast. Again, this is Elijah Ward. God bless.